Isn't the Lord good to us? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Well, Lord, we bless you this morning. Lord, I just decree and declare good soil, Lord, all over this house this morning. Good soil. If they're born again, they have good soil. Now, maybe, maybe there's things in there that you need to dig out, and we're willing for that. But as born-again Christians, Lord, we have good soil. And so we just give you permission to take any thorns or stones out of it, Lord. Whatever you want to do, Lord, we're on your operating table. You love us so well and you love us too much to leave us in things that are not healthy for us and block the flow of your love, your goodness, your expression, my the Lord, Lord the, the world needs to see the genuine love of Christ in this blessed balance of grace and truth. And so, Lord, we avail ourselves to you. We avail ourselves to you. We love you. With hungry hearts, we go to the word. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. All right. Well, we've been talking about uh, the Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus came teaching and demonstrating uh, truth and God is our Father and God's kingdom, obedience from the heart. Um, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit and um, it specifically this particular week, the Spirit of Truth. And I do want to say this. Uh, I didn't introduce myself. My name is Steve. I am the senior pastor. And if it's found out about you, you know, you're new here. If it's found out about you, what's been found out about us, and that we all need Jesus, then we, we welcome you. Um, our scripture we're going to eat this week is Mark chapter 4, verse 20. Uh, what we mean by that, maybe that's a new term to you, we just sit with the Lord in it and let Him speak to us. If you want to know more about Eat the Word, uh, ask pretty much anybody in the room and they'll be able to help you out. At least point you in the right direction. So in regard to the Holy Spirit and Him introducing Himself to us, we've looked at the anointing, the spirit of holiness, the spirit of adoption. We've looked at uh, now the spirit of truth. We looked at different ones. And so let's go back to John sixteen twelve. Jesus said, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Does everybody understand why those disciples could not bear more information, revelation from Christ? Because they did not have the Holy Spirit. They were not born again. 1 Corinthians 2 says, No one knows the things of God but the Spirit of God. Matter of fact, I'll say it like this. He's going to call the Holy Spirit the Spirit of truth. You cannot know truth apart from the Spirit of truth. Okay, so he's, he's going to even interpret. You say, well, what about the Bible? The Bible is great. It's wonderful. You just need the author to interpret it for you. Okay, we don't need man's reasoning an intellect diagnosing scripture. We need the one who wrote it to explain it. Amen, somebody? So verse 13, you can't, you can't bear those things, but look what he says. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, and he's speaking of the Holy Spirit, he'll guide you into all truth and he'll not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he'll speak and he'll tell you things to come. He'll glorify me for he'll take of what is mine and he will declare it to you. So where the spirit of truth begins speaking and we begin listening, we begin receiving. How many of you know he, he can be speaking and we're not listening? So where the spirit of truth is speaking and we're listening and receiving what he says, the lies of the enemy end. 
where the spirit of truth is speaking and we're receiving, the lies of the enemy start ending. Because not only does he tell you who you are in Christ, that you're righteous and you're accepted in the beloved and, and you're forgiven. Uh, you're a partaker of God's divine nature. He's going to tell you all that great stuff. You know, I like to say all the time, uh, dare to believe all that God says about you no matter how good it is. So the spirit of truth is going to tell you all these great things about who you are in Christ. Bless you. But he's also going to contradict every lie that tries to penetrate your heart. And we need to be listening for those things that are incongruent with the truth about us. And certainly the truth about what God desires to bring forth in our heart. It it would sound like this. Oh, I know you're offended at that person, but it's okay. That can just stay right here. No, the spirit of truth is going to contradict that. That's a lie. It's not okay that you have offense in your heart. It's not okay there's a root of bitterness growing in your heart. Well, but I I forgave that person. Yeah, but do you love them with the love of Christ? Or is his love for them blocked? Because you say you've forgiven them and yet you can't love them with the love of Christ. Who are we to tell Christ who lives in us? You will not love that person through me. You, if you do that, you are saying you're Lord and he's not. You are saying, this is, this is my body. This is my life. This is my heart. No, it's not. If you're born again, that's a lie. He purchased you. You belong to him. And, and your body is now his vessel to express who he is to other people. And so it's subtle, but the spirit of truth, thank God, amen, thank God the spirit of truth will contradict lies of justification that it's okay that this is in my heart. It's not okay. And not just offense, that seems to be the one he shares with us a lot the last few weeks. I mean, you know, he's the real pastor. He knows what's in your heart. He knows you far better than I could ever know you. He knows you. So we got to listen to him. And then how about this? It may sound like this. Well, it's okay that this fear is here. It's okay that this anxiety is here ruling my heart. No, it's not. No, because that fear and anxiety is going to block his expression and his fruit from, from coming through you. So the spirit of truth works hand in hand. Are you ready? With the gardener. Aren't we all? I, the book of Isaiah, we're supposed to be well-watered. Gardens. Did you know you have a gardener? How many gardens can till themselves? So you need a gardener. And you think it might be you. It's not you. You have to give your consent to the gardener. Because you can be tricked and deceived by your emotions or how you feel. Or like I said earlier, I'm justified to hate this person. You can be tricked and deceived, but the gardener can't. So you got to consent to be gardened because your life is not your own. We don't have the right to tell Jesus that he can't be the expression in our heart today. Man, that's, thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen. And I'll tell you what I've heard so many people say through the years. They've never felt more loved by God than when he says, this does not belong here. It is true. He's a good, good father. 
So the spirit of truth works hand in hand with the gardener to ensure that you have a healthy heart and a healthy mind. Now you can write this down if you want because this is important. Fruit is the byproduct. All of us in this room want to bear fruit after our husband's kind. Amen. Christ is our husband. We want to bear fruit after his kind, after his likeness. Fruit is the byproduct of an uncluttered, receptive heart in right relationship with Christ. And what we have discovered, I do not pre-plan messages. I don't go to the internet or a book to get sermons. What we have discovered and what he's been speaking to us is there's things in our heart that have cluttered our heart. And many of those things that that block his expression and his fruit from coming forth and being seen through, many of those have to do with our past. Some of you, uh, you were hurt and you were wounded and transgressed again. I mean, I'll look at the parable of the sower. You got trampled on. And I'm sorry for that. That's very real. But Jesus is your healer and the comforter. The Holy Spirit is your comforter. Amen. Greater is he that's within you than anything working outside of you. So he's saying there's been things in our past, things that were done to us where we had roots of bitterness or unforgiveness, maybe resentment. Man, is it Hebrews 12, 15 says that cling to the grace of God because of that root of bitterness that can spring up in your heart through which many have become, what's it say? Defiled, not blessed. Defiled. Because your heart is made for Him, not for those other things. Now, the second thing He said is just our past, past mistakes we've made. And we talked about last week. I use myself as an example. Some of you, all of you, have made mistakes that you greatly regret. You must, you must forgive yourself. You cannot say, that God has forgiven you and you won't apply it to yourself. Do not tell me that I know God's forgiven me of all sin. Colossians 1.14, Ephesians 4, verse 30 and 31. I've read it all, or maybe 32. I've read it all. I know God's forgiven me. You don't really know it if you won't apply it to yourself. And then after that, apply it to others. You can't say you know God's forgiven, how great Jesus is and how how loving He is. He forgave all your past and you won't forgive somebody. (laughs) Too much of the church banks on information and no application. (laughs) I'm glad you amen that He's a a forgiving God, but now apply it. Because faith, faith without evidence isn't really faith. You don't really believe it. Amen. I want to say it again. Fruit is the byproduct of an uncluttered, receptive heart that's in right relationship with Christ. How about this? Psalm 139, verse 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. If there be any wicked way in me, then he says, lead me in the everlasting way. Lead me in your way. Amen. You don't need to be captain of your own ship. You need a Captain named Jesus, who's got a rudder. Amen. We looked at this last week. The Spirit of Truth will guide you through the process of transformation where you're not just a hearer of the Word on forgiveness, for example, but you become a doer of the Word. See, He'll make you aware, hey, wait a second, brother. What about this this in your heart? Well, then you begin to ponder it. 
And then you begin to value it. And we're still in the theological stage until we get to the behavioral gap. Because we don't want, at Grace Church, we don't want to just train you to hear messages. That's no good. We want you to be doers of the word. So when you hear, you can go apply. Okay? At first, it's a discipline. I release Bill. I forgive Bill. I release him. Then it becomes a delight as the Lord takes over your heart. And then it's a desire. Amen? And then forgiveness becomes actions. And how you used to couldn't stand Bill, now you're baking him a pie for Thanksgiving. Amen? Is, is forgiveness healthy? Yeah. I mean, while we think in holding a grudge, we're harming the other person, the deepest harm is to yourself. And I would say even beyond that, you are not allowing Christ to express his life through you. And that's why you're here. On the planet. Oh, I thought I was here to get mine. Nope. I'm not, I'm not talking about the American dream. I'm talking about Christ's dream for you. Okay, and then you begin in behavioral gap. You begin to reprioritize. You know what? I'm going to begin to just declare every morning. Every morning I'm going to pray for Bill. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to change my how I do things. Come on, amen? I'm going to, I'm going to pray for Bill. I'm going to own this forgiveness. And not only that, forgiveness owns me now. And then all of a sudden you look up and theology has become reality and you are transformed. Spirit of truth. John chapter 15 verse 1. Jesus said, I'm the true vine and my father is the gardener. You're in good hands. Not with Allstate, but sorry if you work for Allstate. You're in good hands in the... In the, in the Father's hands. He's the gardener. He cuts off every branch that's not bearing fruit. Well, every branch that does bear fruit, he'll prune it. So it'll be even more fruitful. How many of you know offense doesn't bear fruit? Fear's not bearing fruit. Anxiety's not bearing fruit. Worry's not bearing fruit. So cut them off. Verse 8. This is my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. I love it. The gardener is removing from our hearts very surgically and strategically offense and resentment and unforgiveness and hatred and betrayal. Wasn't that interesting in Matthew 24 how many in the last days will be offended and then it leads to betrayal. They'll betray each other because offense is the power to betray somebody. And not just somebody, you're betraying Christ. He's supposedly your vine and your, and your husband, but now all of a sudden on the seat of your affection is some other person. And they're determining your expression and not Christ. So offense is the power to betray someone and then betrayal is the power to hate someone. Matthew 24, verse 10, in the last days. Boy, we are seeing it. Look at our political climate. Look at our country. Everybody's so easily offended. Why? Because nobody is self-surrendered. Nobody surrendered fully to Christ. That no matter what other people do outside of me, I'm going to let Christ be the expression in me today. I'm not going to have all these other sources. I don't need all them to be my source. I need Christ to be my vine and my source. Amen. So let's be different. Let's don't be like the culture. Let's don't be easily offended. 
Let's stick out like a sore thumb and not give place to, Second Timothy says, you know, all these vain arguments and disputes and hatred and all this stuff that goes on. Let's love well. But love doesn't mean just tolerate everything. When the Spirit of truth tells you to speak truth to your neighbor, please do. Truth is, if you love people, you will tell them the truth. But you tell them the truth balanced with grace. Grace and truth. Speak the truth in love. Ephesians 4, chapter 4, verse 15. We need balance in that. But it doesn't mean tolerance. Remember how they told us to be tolerant? And then I was like, what's going on? Because the most everybody's preaching tolerant are the most intolerant people I've ever met. It was all a sham. And what they said to tolerate, uh, eventually now they say you have to celebrate or you're a bigot. It's all a lie. They're not tolerant of anything. They're certainly not tolerant of people who believe Jesus is the Christ. And that we're going to go with His Word, not somebody else's Word. So enough of that. Verse 8 <laughs> says, as mature sons of God, we're called to bear much fruit. Mature sons, that's who we are. That's the path we're on. We're going to bear much fruit and we're going to glorify the Father. And how many of you know this is a process of growing to be mature sons and fruit bearers that glorify the Father? It's not a burden. It's a joy and a process that happens over time. Do you ever wish that Patience was a gift and not a fruit. I got the gift of patience, man, I tell you. I got the gift of forgiveness. I just forgive so easily. That stuff, that, those fruit, that, that takes time. <laughs> Seed, time, harvest, manifestation. And what the Lord's dealing with us on this morning is don't abort the seed. Make sure your soil's good. Is it pure? Is it single? Is it um, undivided in your loyalty to Christ and His Word? Or do you got a bunch of other stuff in there? And don't worry, we'll get there. Spirit of Truth is lasering in on our little foxes. Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 15. The little foxes. And the Holy Spirit says, let's do this together. Let's go after the little foxes that spoil the fruit of our vine. The fruit of our love. And I love this about the Holy Spirit. He'll work with you on where you're at. He works with you on where you're at. That is good news. He'll take the truth of God and His Word and He'll make it personal to Tommy, personal to Sylvia, personal to Jake, personal to Mary Bell. Isn't that good news? Can you imagine if the Holy Spirit came and said, Here, Tommy, here's the Bible. Uh, Do all that by tomorrow. (laughs) how many great coaches do you know went to their quarterback okay here's the playbook it's 200 pages but we're going to do all this tomorrow tom brady what am i saying i'm saying the holy spirit speaks personally to you even when we read mark 4 and we look at the parable of the sower he's probably not going to highlight every single stone or uh, thorn that's in your heart he's probably going to highlight one and say, let's walk this out together. That's right. He's a good father. He's a good gardener. He's not trying to overwhelm you. He's just trying to conform you to the image of Christ that you were created to bear. Now, this is important. We as Christians do not produce fruit. The vine produces the fruit. We are the branches 
Okay, so the fruit comes through the branch, but it comes from the vine. How, how do I know this? Because if you cut off a branch from the vine, it dies. So the fruit is coming from Him. Christians are the bride of Christ. So just like a wife bears children, reveals children, reveals the seed of her husband, in the same way as the bride of Christ, we reveal His seed, which is His Word. So we bear the fruit. Now this is, this is good stuff right here. No person or group can cause you to be fruitless in Christ. So, get rid of the blame game. Are you listening to me? Nobody can make Christ's ministry through you ineffective. You, you, can't, you can't blame anybody. You can. You can cause, by allowing stuff to corrode your arteries <laughs> and clutter your heart, you can cause yourself to be fruitless in Christ. But nobody's causing Christ's ministry through you to fail. Well, I went to that church. I was supposed to have a bus ministry. Well, maybe Christ's ministry to you isn't so much the bus ministry as it is the formation of his character in you as you. So how are you handling that character thing with the church? (laughs) Well, by God, I got mad. I told him off and I left. Well, I just can't wait for your bus ministry. You're going to be powerful. When you tell all those kids' parents off. Sorry, brother. Does that make sense to you? What is the, what is the major ministry of the Holy Spirit in you? What, what is it that the enemy wants to thwart? That you're out doing stuff? Or that Christ is formed in you? And as you? And through you? And that love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and goodness and self-control all manifest in you? Well, by God, I've got a ministry. Well, lay the ministry down until Christ be formed in you. And then no devil in hell will stop his ministry from coming through you. What he has. The plans he has for you. Amen, somebody. But we can cause ourselves to be fruitless in Christ by having an overcrowded heart. And you let things like offense or fear or idols or other loves get into your heart and choke the word. Block the flow of the Holy Spirit in and through you. Now, the good news is this is fixable by simply partnering with your father, the gardener, and the spirit of truth. See, if the seed is the problem, then we've got a major issue. But if it's the soil of our heart, it's fixable. And I'm telling you, your heart is good soil. If you're born again, your heart is good soil. All he's going to do is remove the stuff that thwarts it. Does that make sense? He doesn't have to give you new soil. Now, if you're not born again, you do need a new heart. Ezekiel 36, 26, and 27. If you get born again, God will give you a brand new heart. If, you, if you're not born again, your soil is poisoned. It doesn't matter what you put in there. It won't be Christ. And, and, won't be good. But if you're born again, you've got good soil. All four of these in the parable of the sower, all four of these soils will work if you're receptive. By partnering, and, and in this process, we partner with the gardener. We partner with the spirit of truth. We partner with a good church. We partner with good people who love you too much to let you justify things that are in your heart that should not be there. Amen. 
Good friends keep your heart tended. Good friends help your heart become pure and single. 1 Timothy 1.5 The purpose of the command is love from a pure heart. Love from a good conscience. Love from sincere faith. Not fakey faith. But the word pure there means single. 100% pure orange juice is one ingredient. It's a single ingredient. It's oranges. That's what we want in your heart. Matthew 5, 8. Blessed the pure in heart. They shall see God. Titus chapter 1, verse 15. To the pure in heart, all things are pure. He wants your heart single. Undivided. Undivided devotion. And I, I'm preaching to myself. Man, I got all kinds of stuff that he's uprooting. Let's do it together. Amen? So... Cares and offenses. Let's say you've got some stuff. The Holy Spirit's already dealing with you this morning. They don't turn your heart from pure to impure. Amen. Your heart is still pure. It's just got some stuff and they're crowding on it. You know what a parasite is, right? It's, it's in there, but it's not, it's in it, but not of it. You, you can have stuff choking your heart, but your heart is still good. Don't let the devil tell you your heart's no good. If you're born again, you've got a brand new heart God gave you. And it's good soil. And like a good gardener, he's just going to work on it. And say, this doesn't belong here. This is blocking my expression. <laughs> Amen. How about this one? Ever wonder why all Christians don't bear the same amount of fruit? The disparity lies with the soil. Of our hearts. God's seed is constant. Our hearts are not. Amen. Any lack of 30, 60 or 100 fold fruit. Was due to the condition of the soil. Not the condition of the seed. And I know you all well enough. Many of you. That you want to bear. You want to bear fruit. Right? When people see you, we pray it all the time. When people see you, we want them to see Jesus. Well, then let him take the stuff out of your heart. I, I don't even know. I'm sure there's a myriad of different reasons why we hold on to it. But some people are so victim-minded. It's like their whole identity is victimization. Like I said earlier, we're not here to play, play the blame game. No, nobody has the power to cause you not to bear fruit. Nobody has that power over you. And the blame game is the oldest trick in the book. Go all the way back to Genesis. Remember after the fall, Adam blamed Eve. Eve blamed the snake. And the snake didn't have a leg to stand on. <laughs> Kyle, how many times I told that joke? <laughs> Stacy said too many <laughs> period <laughs> too many times don't fall for the blame it's not somebody else's fault if you're not bearing fruit after Christ let the gardener you're basically saying that person has more power than the gardener does well I'm preaching good amen so the spirit of truth and the gardener are taking aim at what's in our hearts. That's what's happening these last few weeks. And you know, when I sit with him, it's like, Lord, do we move on from there? Nope. 
No, let's go a little deeper. Let's explain what I'm really doing, why I keep talking about offense and unforgiveness, why I talk about fear and anxiety. These things, because the culture we live in, have crowded our hearts. It's true. Guess what else I know? I have it on good authority that probably next week he's going to talk about your mouth. Because he's the spirit of truth. <laughs> and, and one of the things he ought to do is make us truthful, honest people. Oh, yeah. Well, it'll be about six of us here next week, Brian. <laughs> Everybody else will be watching online with the catcher's gear on. <laughs> He loves us, so he's taking aim at things in our heart that shouldn't be there. And, and I'm going to say it again. We live in a pretty crazy, stressed out culture. We really do. A lot of offense in our culture and a lot of anxiety. So we've got to be able to process through some things that try and overcrowd our heart. And we're going to process through them with the gardener, with the spirit of truth, because he's going to contradict every lie you try to believe. You've you got to listen to him. He'll not only tell you the good news, he's going to tell you stuff that contradicts, trying to nestle in your heart, that contradicts the truth. And then we're going to do it with Scripture and we're going to do it with good friends. Because like I said earlier, if it's found out about you, what's been found out about the rest of us, and how much we need him, then welcome. And let's go together. Amen? It's the schoolhouse we're all in. All right, well, let's get to where we're headed. Mark chapter 4, verse 13. Jesus said to them, Do you not understand this parable? The disciples, you know, had asked him, Can you explain the parable to the sower, please? How then are you going to understand all the parables? All he's saying there, this is major principle he's talking about here in dealing with the heart. These are the ones, the seed that was sown by the, the wayside is where the word is sown. And when they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. If you go to Luke 8, where Luke records the parable of the sower, he calls it uh, wayside soil like a path, and it was trampled underfoot. Man, how many of us have been stepped on? How many of us have been hurt? What happens to that soil is it gets flat and hard. That's what offense does. We're we're offended, we're guarded, and nothing of Christ can grow there. And I get it, you've been trampled on. A heart that's been trampled on without Christ is going to be hard. Yeah. Verse 16, these likewise are the ones... Sown on stony ground, when they heard the word, they immediately received it with gladness. You see how receiving is such a key with the heart. But they have no root in themselves. And so they endure only for a while. And then afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises, what's it say? For the word's sake. Don't take it personal. It's not about you. It's the word in you that's being persecuted. Well, they use my name. I mean, it sure sounds like me. (laughs) No, you're being persecuted for the word's sake. The enemy, how many of you know flesh and blood aren't your enemy? 
So who's really persecuting you or the word being expressed through you through that person? It's really the enemy. It's the enemy. That person's not your enemy. He's just utilizing them, maybe utilizing their mouth, like we'll talk about next week. But immediately, they're persecuted for the word's sake, and immediately they stumble. Anybody know what that word is in the Greek? It's the verb of scandalon. Last week we talked about the word offense. It's the, it's the part of the trap that you put bait on. The bait of Satan is offense. He wants you to take it. He can't make you do it, but as soon as you take it, clamp, here's the mousetrap right on your neck. And he's, he's got you ensnared. Because if knowing the truth sets a man free, believing a lie will set him into bondage. Well, it's not a lie that Bill... Uh, stole a thousand dollars from me. That's, that's not a lie. Man, if your name is Bill, I apologize. <laughs> Bill's gotta be the worst person. <laughs> Bill, that, that's a fact. Yeah. But the truth is, greater is he that's in you than anything Bill has done to you. And I'll even, I'll even make it easy. Let's put the, let's get the justice scales out. Put that thousand dollars that Bill took from you. And let's lay it up against every transgression you've ever made against God. And you're going to sit here and tell me that you're justified. You, you want justice on Bill? Then you tell God he can have justice on you. That'll get that out of your hands in a hurry. Amen? Well, anyway, immediately they stumbled. What it's, what it's saying is immediately they were offended. They got persecuted for the word's sake. They took it personal and they got offended. This is, I don't remember the Greek word. It's scanda something, but it's from scandalon. Scandalon's the noun. This is the verb. But isn't that interesting, guys? The first two soils that aren't bearing any fruit both have to do with being offended. And then verse 18. Now these are the ones sown among thorns and, and they hear the word and the cares of this world and then deceitfulness of riches and money and desire for other things. There it is. Overcrowded heart. Desire for other things. I don't have undivided devotion. I've got devotion to all kinds of things. And it chokes the word and it becomes unfruitful. Hmm. Verse 20, but these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it and bear fruit. Look at this, 30, 60, and a hundred fold. If you can't get this parable, you're going to have a hard time understanding the kingdom of God. He's after your heart. He sows the seed into your heart. It's just like Matthew 13, 33, when Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like uh, a woman who took and hid one part meal, uh, 11, sorry, into a three part meal. It was sown into one part of the three parts until what? All three parts are leavened. So he sows the seed into your heart, your spirit man. And let me give you this. Sometimes in scripture, the heart could be talking about actually your mind. So it can touch your soulish man. If I had three circles here, spirit, soul, and body, the heart I would put touching the soul and the spirit, because it can be either. In this particular passage, uh, and looking it up with Luke 8 um, as well, let me see, where do I have that? Here it is. The word is cardia. Your heart, your mind, your inner self, the center of your being. 
That's the word heart there. 30, 60, and 100 fold if our heart is receptive. So Christ comes, sows the seed. Again, if you're born again, Luke 8 talks about wayside soil. They can't even be saved. Okay, but in Mark 4, it's, it's not recorded that way, but the principle still holds true. If you're born again, your soil is good. You've got to let him tend to it. And can I, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm not going to ask permission. I'm going to be honest with you. Some of you, when you guard your heart, should be gardening it. And your guarding of your heart has been justification for offense and resentment. And you're simply saying, I'm just, I'm just guarding my heart. That's what scripture says. Well, uh, let's let the gardener be the judge of that. Because too many times we're justifying anger and malice and those things, guarding our heart when we should be gardening it. If you do not garden your heart with the gardener and the spirit of truth, weeds are coming. No good farmer just says, here's my field. Let's see what happens. Your heart will grow things in it if you're not tending to it. Amen. What'd you say, uh, Mary Bell? Yeah, and they will come quickly. (laughs) Don't let your guardedness be a mass for fear or offense and not the Holy Spirit. Because like I said, we can say, well, I, I forgave Bill. I released him of that debt. But do you love him in Christ? I mean, can you really pray for him and love him? No. Well, then you need to let the gardener tend to that. We can trust Father God with our hearts. Amen. We can trust him. We never have the right to tell Jesus, you cannot love that person through me. You cannot demonstrate how forgiving you are to that person through me. You don't have that right. You've been bought with a price. You are not your own. You belong to him. Amen. And, and I know we say, well, you don't know what they did to me. Uh, yes, that's true. And we can, tell, we can tell Jesus that. You don't know what they, what they did to me, Jesus. And he'll be like, well, they did it to me. Does he live in you? Matthew 25, that which you do to the least of these, my brethren, you, you've done unto me. You don't know what they did to me. Oh, yeah, I do. I was there. They did it to me. Because that which they do to you, they do unto me. Now, how did he respond on that cross? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, that gave His life for all of humanity lives in you see so much of this comes down to who's going to be lord are you really boss of your own life do you really want that i'm telling you it's a mistake lord jesus is lord is not an honorary title it is actually his role in the universe and should be in our heart too amen the bottom line is guys an overcrowded cluttered heart doesn't bear the fruit that we all want to bear Matt, you guys go ahead and come. Will you stand with me, church? Thank you, Lord.
Kyle, you or Larry have anything to add? <laughs> You've been preaching yourselves happy over there, huh? <laughs> Trying to keep from crying. <laughs> well, at this point in the service, we always like to ask uh, the Holy Spirit what He wants to do. So can we just bow our heads? Let's open our heart to Him. Feel like you have a word, then come and just share it with me. Or, But let's invite the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, Spirit of truth. If we'll yield ourselves to you, we'll really give our life to you. I truly believe you'll give it back to us, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. with Christ I really believe that my sense is to let's just each ask the Holy Spirit what parts in my heart don't belong here let's just do that let's invite him What parts of my heart don't belong here? Is there a thorn there? Is there stony ground there? Hmm. My goodness. And now I want you to ask Him, Holy Spirit, sir, what do you want me to do about this? What do you want me to do about it? Hmm. What's here, Lord, that's not of you? And what would you like me to do about it? And then church, do exactly as he says. Leave the results to him. If he's asking you to apologize to someone or ask forgiveness or something like that, leave the results to him. Romans twelve eighteen says, as much as it's up to you, you be at peace with all men. Garden our hearts, Lord. Garden our hearts. Garden our hearts, Father. Josh Kirkus had this word yesterday. James 1.21 Let's lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word that's able to save our souls. Lord, I thank you right now for just a fresh way of thinking. Lord, fresh way of thinking, of seeing, of believing, of receiving, Lord, our, our thoughts, our mind, our emotions. Holy Spirit, cleanse all these emotions. Cleanse them all. Negative emotions. Cleanse them in Jesus' name. Some of you right now, 
break ties with offense, break ties with resentment. Some of you break ties with fear and worry and anxiety. And it just sounds like this. It says, Lord Jesus, right now I break and I sever all soul ties with fear. All soul ties with worry. I break and I sever all ties with anxiety or offense. I forgive whoever it is. I forgive. And maybe it's you. I forgive myself, Lord. I will not hold a grudge against myself anymore. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. My goodness. Boy, since the love and tenderness, but the strength of the gardener, our Father here this morning, washing us, cleansing us to be His once again. All filthiness, all wickedness, put away. How many of you look at me have peace about what he's asked you to do? Can I see your hand? You have peace about what he's speaking to you. Now, let's just pray for a fresh filling. Just the wind in your sails is all I mean by that. Father, right now in Jesus' name, we've emptied out some of that soil. There's some vacant spots in there. Maybe maybe we even uh, diminished it a little bit. But Holy Spirit, right now, fill. Fill. Every person's sails with the wind and the breath of your life. Hallelujah. The cutting away, Lord, the severing of ties, the uprooting of thorny ground and stony ground in Jesus' name. But now, Lord, just a fresh filling. Come on, yield yourself fully to Him. Yield yourself fully to Him, fully to the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Lord, I yield myself fully to you. I want your character. I want your person manifesting in me as me. Woo! Glory to God. Lord Jesus, you are Lord and not me. I repent of my self-governance. And I invite you, Holy Spirit, you are the Lord. 2 Corinthians 3.17 And you can Lord through me. You can Lord through me. Oh, my goodness. Some of you are going to experience healing in your physical body because of things that have come out of your heart today. I don't know if you heard what I said. Some of you, you look for the manifestation of this. You're going to have healing in your physical body because of things that came out of your heart today. Hallelujah. It didn't belong. Thank you, Jesus.